Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. And you know what? Fantasy baseball should be something. You know what it should be? It should be freaking fun. That's what it should be. Hello, everyone, and welcome to your second or third or first most favorite show on the Athletic Fantasy Baseball Network. It's under the radar. This is Ian Kahn. Nando DeFino is not with us today, nor is Derek Van Riper. Joining us, your friend and mine, Michael Beller. Welcome, Michael. Ian, this is great to be here with you. You nailed that, man. That was, that was, it's like, am I listening to Nando? Am I listening to Ian? Who is this? That was perfect. That was great. Thank you. I, I did, I did a little extra special listen, um, right before the show, uh, just to make sure that I, I, I had it right. Um, unfortunately, or fortunately, um, thank you, Michael, for joining us. It's, it's really great. Nando's going to be out for a while. Um, and Derek is on vacation this week, so we are really lucky uh, to have Michael Beller, who I've known for a number of years. Uh, we've played in leagues together, and uh, it's just a, a great guy and really knows the game, as I'm sure so many of you know from his different shows here on the network. But I wanted to do the opening because I get to do yeah. a little Nando Dufino. Um, I- but Michael, how are you today, and, and how, how are things? I am good. I am good. Thank you for that uh, intro, both of uh, doing your Nando impression and of me. I will say that we are uh, fortunate here at the Athletic. We're like the Dodgers, right? We've got a very deep bench, and we can uh, we yes. can stand uh, a guy or two uh, being out for for a week or two and uh, not really lose anything. So feeling good about that. I will also say that uh, this uh, episode of the Athletic Fantasy Baseball Podcast is presented by Tops. Be very sure good. to check out Tops Project Seventy, celebrating seventy years of Tops baseball cards. I'm doing great, Ian. This is fun. You know, I've I've listened to Under the Radar so many times. I'm uh, not going to lie, not every single time, but plenty of times to have a feeling for it and know that you guys have a lot of fun, a lot of banter, but I've never been on one, so I'm happy to uh, to get to step in here with you here today. How you doing? I'm doing great. I, I will say, Glenn Colton, my friend, I, I, you will be getting... Oh, sorry, Glenn Colton, my friend, you will be getting a, uh, a call about coming on the show soon, um, but with our, for our first show, we had, to, we had to bring in the Beller, um, and we're very, very happy to, to have us. On the show today, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, a lot of under-the-radar guys like G-Man Choi, Freddie Galvis, Brett Phillips, Trevor Larnich. Uh, Patrick Wisdom, good ad there. It was sort of yeah. interesting to me. Um, Edward Oliveris. Uh, then we'll get on to some of the crazy things that I like to talk about, some behind the scenes and under the radar uh, aspects of the game. And then we, we will talk about Billy Hamilton and Adolis. Adolis. But I'm going to hand the show over to Michael because he's, he's more of the hosty kind of dude. So, Michael, take it away. All right, well, let's do it. Well, yeah, so, uh, you know, Derek, as you said, on vacation, and he and I were setting things up last week, and when he told me that I would be stepping in to uh, to host this show in his place, I was thinking, or I guess host it half in his place, half in Nando's place, I was like, well, I got to live the under-the-radar life, right? I, I, you know, I, I do uh, our other fantasy baseball shows, and we don't spend a ton of time on those shows, some, but not a ton, talking about guys we're truly under the radar, so I'm like, if I'm going to do it, if I'm going to get to be on this show, I want to I talk about some under-the-radar guys. So let's start yeah. right there, Ian. 
G-Man Choi, this is the first guy who comes to mind for me, and he comes to mind for me in a selfish way because I've got a ton of injuries on one team. Mike Trout, George Springer, Brandon Nimmo, Fran Mill Reyes. I'm dealing with a lot of injuries on this team. And so, yeah, I'm filling spots wherever I can. And you you find G-Man Choi, an on-base machine, playing basically every day for the Rays, uh, hitting in the middle of the order for them, too, when he's out there. And I guess what I'm wondering is why he's so far under the radar. Well, you know, I think the injury at the beginning of the season really put him there, right? So he wasn't somebody that we were drafting early on in the season. Mm-hmm. And and if you look at what he's doing so far, I mean, 41 at-bats, he's got 13 hits, he's hitting 317. But like you said, he's got 10 walks as well. So if you're playing an OBP league, G-Man Choi is the G-Man. Sorry, I can't <laughs> believe I did that. Uh, he, he's also hitting home runs. He, he's striking out a little bit, but not not compared to, to the walks. He's playing on the best team in baseball right now. He really is playing every day or just about every day. Um, and I think he's a good pickup. I picked him up this past Thursday in the league that you and I used to play in, the Maki League that mm-hmm. uh, DVR runs. And I just got to find a spot for him because he's he's he should be rostered in all 15 team leagues, 20 team leagues, obviously. Um, and, and even you could make an argument for a 12 team league, couldn't you? I think you could because he just gets on base so much. And even if, even if we're talking about a batting average 12-team league where he's going to lose a little bit of value because some of his value is tied up in the fact that he just gets on base a ton, OBP machine. But he gets on base so much in what you said is right now the best team in baseball. So he's going to have run scoring opportunities, RBI opportunities. He just fills up every category pretty much regardless of what you use as your rate category. So I think you can make an argument for him in 12-teamers. And I agree completely, 15 and up, 14 and up, I would say. That league where I have and where I have all those injuries I listed is actually a 14-team league. Uh, we still play head-to-head. I love head-to-head. I, I, know it's not, I know it's not the purest fantasy baseball form, but I love the head-to-head competition of sports. To me, that's like the essence of sports. So even though I, I will grant that head-to-head's not the pure fantasy baseball way to play, I still love it personally. So anyway, I, I, that means we need an even number of teams, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But no, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you. this. this The head-to-head, it's the first year that I have not played head-to-head in a really long time. I had to drop out of a league that I started like nine years ago. I just had to, I had too many leagues going. So I passed on the commissionership to, to our rabbi, Ari Sunshine, who we've talked about on the show. Um, and, and I wasn't out head to head the last two years. And you know what? I kind of miss it, but I kind of don't because it <laughs> takes some of the stress out of Sundays, man. Cause I'll tell you, it's like, it's, it, it, you know, when you're playing in head to head, it's like every second matters. It's like every pitch matters. And when you play in more of a roto style, it's like, all right, it's more like baseball as opposed to like, you know what I mean? So like your, your yeah. whole week can go based on one pitch. So it is super exciting, but I will say just for my like blood pressure, this season, it's a more relaxed experience. I will say that, but I did, but there is a little bit of, I do have a little bit of missing it. So I'm sort of like, but you know, there's, there's nothing worse than like starting out really bad in a head to head because it just feels like, Oh God, I'll never be able to pull back. But it's a, it's an interesting, it's an interesting format. And I, I do kind of miss it. What do you think of a guy that I've been loving all season and had picked him up in, in most of my in most of my NFBC 50 round drafts, Freddie Galvis. How are you, how are you liking some Freddie Galvis these days? I mean, the power, right, is yeah. legit. And we settled into what felt like a little bit of a rhythm with him with this power, 20 homers in 2016, 23 homers in 2019. Uh, but it seems like it always sneaks up on us still. And here he is, nine homers through 184 plate appearances. Yeah. 
uh, I mean, he's going to hit more than 20 homers, right? I mean, he's going to get to 25. If I told, if I told 24 and a half, uh, he ends the season at 24 and a half homers over under, where are you going on that? I'm going to go under, uh, but, but, and, and the, the reason for that is I think he's probably going to get hurt at some point. I just have this, I don't see him hitting 25 home runs, but the, the value I think is the second base shortstop eligibility. Mm-hmm. The fact that you can flip him anywhere. I picked him up in tout wars, um, I didn't draft him in Tower Wars, and he was he went undrafted, and I picked him up off the wire, I guess in like week five, and or four, and he's just he's been so good, so good that I sort of just like all right, well that spot is taken now by Freddie Galvis. Also, if you look at where he's hitting in the lineup, he started out the season with Baltimore hitting like seventh or eighth, then he goes down to fifth, then he was batting second for most of this past week, and anytime you get somebody who's batting second in the lineup. You, you you just know that the team is feeling really confident about them, and they get more opportunities. So I'm loving Freddie Galvis right now. I, I I think he's been doing great. He even stole a base. Like to see him steal a few more bases. He's younger than you think. He's been around for so long. He's only 31. Like you could have thought he's like 33, 34. But he's not. He's still young, and he's still doing it. He's really in the prime of his career. I'm in a 20 team league right now where Freddie Galvis is available on the wire. And I'm just like, you know what? I think I got to go pick up Freddie Galvis. I think I'd picked him up earlier. And it just the, the the setup of that team, it was like, there's not really a spot for him. But there is, and there should be. And he should be rostered, really. You could roster him in all formats. I mean, what what is his, where, where would you guess he is right now on the overall, like, you know, let's say the CBS rank? What What is his number? CBS ranks, so we're, we're using batting average here, I assume. So uh, I'm going to say he's got to be like right around 100, I would guess. Yes, that's what I, I'm guessing too. I'm, let me just see where Freddie Galvis is. Well, actually, he's a little lower. He's at 160, but still. Oh, wow. Okay. For, for a guy who's still sitting out on wires all mm-hmm. over, I, I just think with the second base shortstop eligibility and with the injuries going crazy right now, He's just a guy to have. I mean, he's right up there for me with Miguel Rojas. A similar, similar Josh Rojas also. All the Rojases. Galveston <laughs> Rojases. You know, I, I mean, mean these, these guys are really performing. Look at this. I mean, you can just compare him to uh, to some other middle infielders who, you know, no one's questioning what their roster rates should be. He's got a better weighted runs created plus right now. Sitting at 120. Better than Javier Baez, Bo Bichette, Tim Anderson, Ozzy Albies. I mean, these are these are stars. These are guys who yeah. were getting drafted in the first fifty picks of every single draft. Yeah, this exactly. uh, this spring, and you're seeing him, you know, put up numbers comparable to those guys. And I'm not saying that that's going to continue. I would probably still take all those guys uh, to finish ahead of him in the weighted runs created plus board. But he's put himself among those guys, and you can't do that through two months and then you know not be worth being on a roster the rest of the season. I would say that's fair to say about him. Yeah, I, I would agree. I want to ask you about another guy that's not on the rundown, but I just traded for yesterday. So I made a, a, a you know, I make a lot of trades. You know this. I used to call you on the phone like, Michael, let's make trades. I like, Michael, trades. Um, <laughs> but I made a trade yesterday in, a, in the 20-team Dynasty League where I moved Lourdes Gurriel and a young catcher. Who This is probably the first time that some of you are going to hear this name. Henry Davis. He's a college hitter, uh, catcher, who probably I think is going to end up moving off of the catcher position. So I moved, moved Lourdes Gurriel and Henry Davis. Think Turkelson light, right? But in the first year player draft coming up, he's going to be a top five pick, which we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show. 
But I moved those two players, Lourdes and Davis, for Carlos Rodon and Ahmed Rosario. Now, I moved it right before Rodon kind of struggled yesterday, didn't really look great, mm-hmm. um, and which was sort of tough. But it's a league that my partner, Wilson Cameron, and I really have to raise, you know, grow an ERA and whip. And we got to, we got to do better. So we've, we've traded for Darvish, Gossman, and now Rodon to add to. Uh, Aaron Nola, Jacob DeGrom, and Steven Strasburg. So we we have the pitchers. We just need them to do it. We've been maiated too much and Frankie Montas too much this season. So <laughs> we got to come back from it. We still got two-thirds of the way through. We're only down by seven points in the league. But the guy I'm curious what your opinion on is Ahmed Rosario. So Rosario was sort of the throw-in from the other side to sort of help. And I said, you know, I said to Wilson, I said, let's just play him this week. You know, it was either we're going to either play him or Jock Peterson. We're way up in home runs. I was like, and the guy who I was trading with, Alex Cushing, he was saying, look, Rosario gives so much to stolen bases. I mean, he'll, he'll get you stolen bases. So we put him in the lineup yesterday. He ends up going three for seven with a home run. We had just traded for Rodon. <laughs> His first at bat, Cesar Hernandez takes him deep. I texted uh-huh. Cushing. I was like, nice. His second at bat, Ahmed Rosario, another home run. I was like, well, at least it was Rosario who did it. But the question is, what do you think of Ahmed Rosario? Do you think that he actually ever fulfills what it is that we all kind of thought about him? I don't. I'm inclined to think no. We're talking about someone now into his age 25 season, so still very young. But we've also seen, you know, three or two full seasons from him. And then if you cobble together what he's done so far this year in 2020 and 2019, you get basically a third full season. So we've got three full seasons worth of plate appearances from him. He's a 266, 303, 400 career hitter. He can steal some bases. He can provide you a little power. But I think that's what he is. I think the the where there's value in him or where there's something that you can uh, hang your hat on with him in the fantasy world is that he's transitioned into being an everyday guy for Cleveland. And so yeah. long as Fran Mel Reyes is out, like they're really yeah. struggling in the top half of their order. So he's going to hit in the top half of the order uh, whenever he's in there. And so he's going to get plenty of plate appearances. The volume's going to be there. If he can get on base at just, I mean, if just keep it where he is right now. If he's getting on base at a 312, 315 clip, he's going to push 20 steals on the season. I think that's pretty fair to say. So if that is what you are needing from him, I think you're going to be fine. I just don't think he's going to blow away any expectations. You know, it goes back to that 2019 season, right? I mean, he, he that's a full season. 157 yep. games, 616 at-bats. He hit 15 home runs. Here, here's the downside. So he hit 287 with a 323 uh, OBP as a, like a 23-year-old. So, you know, Rosario was the guy, and we were all super excited about him. Here's the downside. 19 stolen bases, but he got caught 10 times. Mm-hmm. That's problematic for me. That's that that that's an issue, but he still is only 25 years old, um, and 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 that Cleveland lineup, what you're saying is absolutely true. With with Reyes out, they're going to have to find they're going to there's going to be a lot more playing time. Another guy that's not on our list, but I really want to talk about because I picked him up yesterday um, is Bradley Zimmer in Cleveland. Bradley Zimmer yep. is and he's 28 years old, but he he. Is you know he's, he was a former first round pick. It was interesting because we had picked up Wilson and I had picked up Kyle Zimmer the end of last week when Stomont went down, right? And I was like, mm-hmm. I think Bradley Zimmer might be coming up, but we want we believe in Kyle Zimmer. So yesterday we dropped Kyle Zimmer to pick up Bradley Zimmer. I don't know if that's <laughs> ever happened. I'm not sure that Zimmer that's ever Zimmer. happened. Zimmer for Zimmer. Um, yeah, it really was. It was like, I bet I don't there's know been how- a, I bet someone along the line has dropped or added. 
Ryan Zimmerman and Jordan Zimmerman in the same in the same uh, uh, yeah. move, right? Like that's I, so, I would say so that. We've had, we've had a Zimmerman move, but maybe not a Zimmer move. So this is nice. This is groundbreaking. Yeah, and another guy that is sort of of interest and should be on, especially in AL only, I think in AL only he's probably already been grabbed. Mm-hmm. Um, but similar to Bradley Zimmer is Brett Phillips. You put Brett Phillips down on the list. What What is it that you're seeing? I, I know what I'm seeing. What are you seeing in Brett Phillips? Playing time and stolen bases is mostly yep. what I'm seeing from him. <laughs> I mean, seven <laughs> steals. Seven, he's made 117 trips to the plate, period, this season. He's got seven steals. So yeah. if he's going to play, I mean, that's that's the question. We can, we can you know, bring this back to G-Man Choi, too. I mean, uh, like, that's always the question with the Rays. Unless you it are is. Austin Meadows or Randy Arozarena, it's like, is he going to play five times a week? We can't well, be fully sure. Brendan Lau, but Brendan yeah. Lau, but, but you know what? They're annoying, man. We talked about on the show last week. <laughs> JP Fireson. I'm like, nah, Fireson's not going to be. What are you talking about? Castillo's the guy. You should see the way. He, boo, boo, boo. Yeah, I had to go pick up JP Fireson this weekend. Um, and, and you know, in AL Labor, I'm like waiting for my Diego Castillo to come in yesterday. I'm, it's, it's one of those really crappy moments where you're rooting against your home team because you think that you're going to get the save. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I'll take the save over the win and I'll tell my son, it's okay. It's all right. We, we'll win tomorrow. But I'll be like, yes, 162. It's a long, it's a long it's season. A long, they don't right. need every single one. They certainly don't. <laughs> uh, but that's the issue. But, but, but for Brett Phillips, if you need steals, certainly AL only, I really think he's already gone in AL only. Yeah, probably. And 12 team, yeah, it's tough. But if, you know, if you're thinking about Billy Hamilton, which you might want to think about. Billy Hamilton to put him on your bench. Um, Brett Phillips is a guy who who will give you some of that same stuff. So if you are just in a position where you need speed, he was a you know he was a relatively touted prospect coming up. Uh, I think there was there were always some issues with him, but hey, he's here, he's now, he's doing it. And if you need some quick steals, he he's going to get some time. Not he won't get the majority of time, but he'll get some time, and then he will run when he's in there. So. You know, again, it's it's one of those guys that it's a speculative ad. So much of our show is about speculative ads. Um, and, and the next guy who was on this list is Trevor Larnich. I think he's in a walking boot, bro. Isn't he? He is. He is. Yeah. I, I, I was I was doing this yesterday, and he was everything was good. And you know, you you look around him too in Minnesota. We know Byron Buxton's going to be out for a while. Mm-hmm. Luis Rise going to be out for a while. And you know, Kepler. Just, that's that's moving parts now. We got Max Kepler, so it's like, hey, this is going to be the Trevor Larnuck and Rob Ref Snyder show uh, for a while here in Minnesota. And now we had Larnuck to that group uh, of guys yeah. who is injured. So I, I don't know. I think we can maybe maybe just table him for the time being just because of the fact that he's in that walking boot. I think when he is playing, he's going to be back before Buxton, unless this foot unless this foot thing's way more serious than it sounds right now. He's going to be back before Buxton. He's going to be back before a rise. I would bet he's back before Kepler. But we've got a lot of guys to talk about. So let's table him. Let's move well, on wait, to – Wait, before, before we table Larnick, I, yeah, I want to sure. say this. Now's a pretty good time to go trade for Larnick in a dynasty league. Okay, yeah, I, I agree with you there, yeah. He's already come up, right? And he's mm-hmm. done pretty well. Not amazing, but he's shown a little power. He's shown the 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 bat that he had in college, right? He was the he was one of the best bats coming out of the draft. I think it was 2019 when he came out. Maybe 2018. It could be that long ago at this point. He's up. He looks the part. I actually think now, you know, he, he, there's that moment. I had a Dan Stafford uh, wrote me a question on Twitter, and he was like, he was asking me about uh, buying Alec Manoa. He's like, how can I buy Alec Manoa? I was like, you can't. You just, you can't. There's no way to buy him now. Because if you, the only way to buy him is to like overspend by almost, you know, instead of a, you know, a dollar, 
you're you're going to have to spend two dollars. Like you're going to have to double overpay, but that price will come down, right? That price is going to come down. It's like Corbin Martin that we talked about on the show a few weeks ago. Like eventually there's going to be an injury. Eventually, if you want Manoa, you can get him. Just don't buy at that top level. Here's that little dip for Larnick, that little dip Mm -hmm. for Larnick. Maybe it's a team that's competing that has, you know, brought Larnick up and all of a sudden you can get Larnick for, you know, a really good, a decent, decent to good bat. Sorry about the, you're hearing some, uh. Some gardening going on outside my house. Um, some blowing going on outside my house. But um, it's just a decent time to to possibly grab that. Next guy is Patrick Wisdom. Yes. <laughs> I mean, do you think this is for real? Because that that was a heck of a game he had yesterday. So yeah, speaking of hometown teams, right? I am a, I am a Cubs fan, and um, he's gonna play. I mean, he's gonna play in the short term. They the Cubs are so banged up right now. Uh, they're banged up to the point in the infield that. Uh, Chris Bryant has not started a game at third base since the end of April. Chris Bryant has been playing uh, left field. He's been playing center field. He's been playing first base recently with Anthony Rizzo injured. But he's he's not playing third base. He's not playing third base. You had Matt Mm -hmm. Duffy there, and then Matt Duffy got hurt. You had David Bodie mixing in there. David Bodie got hurt. uh, And and then David Bodie got hurt. Uh, You had David Bodie at third because Nico Horner was had basically forced his way into the starting lineup as a second baseman. Nico Horner is on the IL with a hamstring issue. So Patrick Wisdom is going to play. And so I think he maybe kicked the tires on him. He had the two homers yesterday. These were no doubters. But it was uh, also it was the stolen base he had yesterday that got my attention. Yeah, right. That's I mean, where I was like, I'm sorry, I said what? Like Patrick yeah. Wisdom what? <laughs> so he, first he stole the base. And it was like, it was early in the game. He steals the base. I'm like, wow, Patrick Wisdom is playing. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. He stole the base. Oh, wow. Look at that. And then he hits a bomb. It's like, oh, wow. He's got a stolen base and a bomb. Oh, wow. And then he hits the second home run. I'm like, all right, Patrick Wisdom. Like, do we need to start taking you a little bit more seriously? Because the thing is, when you do something like that, you get more playing time. Yeah. You get yeah. more playing time. And if he's going to run, whew, and in that ballpark, whew, he, I don't know. I mean, again, speculative ad. Bottom of your, you know, but if you if you're not in a twelve team, twelve team, you're not going to play him. But a fifteen team league, if you if you throw him on your bench or a twenty team league, if he does get the time and he starts running with it, because you can move Bryant anywhere, you really yes. can. You can. I mean, that's one of the. Do you think Bryant makes it through the season as Chicago Cub? You know, the Cubs are making it very hard. A week ago, I would have said probably not, but now they're sitting alone in first place. They're a half game ahead of the Cardinals, and I, I mean, I would say that. Maybe one of the worst kept secrets in baseball is that they wanted to be sellers going into July. Sure. But I mean, how do you sell that? How do you sell that to your fan base that we're going to break up this core no, that you know, has been the most successful core in team history that brought the team in first World Series in 108 years? It's in first place, even with the pitching being you know pretty dodgy and the fact that we gave you Darvish away for a bunch of high schoolers and we're still in first place. But we're going to trade Chris Bryant, who's playing at an MVP level again. I think he, I think he makes it. I think he makes it, even if they, uh, even if they end up uh, letting him walk and they get nothing for him. Uh, well, they'll the get season. they'll get picks for those guys. They'll get but, picks, yeah. Right, I mean, right. you got Rizzo, Baez, and Bryant, all three, of all those in guys. walk years, yeah, all in their walk years. That's tough. Yeah. That's too bad. That's not, you know, that's like if you're in a in a keeper league and you're like, I really want to rebuild. I'm so set to rebuild. It's like, but how can I rebuild? I don't think you rebuild in that situation. I think you got to play it out. The question is, if you, as a Cubs fan, I'll ask you this. As a Cubs fan, <laughs> if you could pick one of the three, who would you pick? To keep? To stay. To keep. Oh, man. I mean, so so Rizzo's like the closest thing to Mr. Cub in my lifetime. 
Um, you know, I, I would, so like there's, there's that off the field element to him mm-hmm. and he's like the face of the franchise, especially locally. I would say at the, this stage of their careers, he probably brings the least of the three to the table, literally on the field. So yeah. there's that, there's that push pull. Um, I think I keep Bryant. I just think he has the brightest overall future ahead. You can make an argument for Javi based on the defense, but the I defense, think that Bryant's say, versatility, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can I say something about Baez and his defense? So yes, I'm can. a Yankee fan. I don't know if you've ever, anyone's ever figured that out. I'm a Yankee fan. <laughs> I watch Gleyber Torres butcher yeah. shortstop on a daily basis. Daily sure. basis. There was a play. There was a stolen base attempt. I forget exactly what it was. And I literally was watching Glaber catch the ball and slowly put the tag down so the guy was safe. And I thought, if Javier Baez, who's going to be a free agent, was there, he would have slapped that tag. He'd have been out. There's just mm-hmm. no question. <laughs> and Glaber Torres at shortstop is is about as bad a shortstop as I've ever seen. Really. I mean, he's just not a shortstop. He's he's closer to a third baseman at this point to me than even a second baseman. Like, I just don't think he moves. Sorry yep. about that. I don't think he moves well enough to play that position in the major leagues on a regular basis. So I'm looking at Story. I'm looking at Seeker. I'm looking at Baez. And I'm saying, we actually need a shortstop in New York. And Baez, how do you think Baez will age? You know, guys who are free swinging like that, like once they hit like 32, 33, they tend to start swinging and missing more, right? Because mm-hmm. they're getting by so much on their athletic ability. Is it, What would you think for Baez? I mean, where is he? He's 28, 29 maybe? Like where is he going to be at 32, 33, 34? How do you think that skill set ages? You know where, where I could see him sliding in um, when he gets to to that age, maybe a little bit less, a little bit less um, um, uh, on base, uh, but a similar sort of a, uh, sort of line that we saw from Alfonso Soriano when he was in his early thirties. Right. That's that's what I that's what it sort of feels like. And then the the problem is with Soriano is that it just goes off a cliff. Right. They're, you know, Carlos Gomez just goes off a cliff. Like mm-hmm. guys who have like really exciting, you know, really great power, but then they lose just that little bit, and then all of a sudden they're hitting two fifteen. And I think that's the downside for Bias. What's he like as like a, a player on a team? Is he a good? Is he is he good in the clubhouse? Is he you know for Bias? Is he well liked in Chicago? Yeah, everyone seems to uh, everyone seems to really rally around him. I do our Cubs podcast, um, and our Cubs beat writers Patrick Mooney and Sahadev Sharma have both been covering the Cubs for a long time. I want to say they've they've definitely both been covering the Cubs since Bias has been in the majors. I don't know if they've both been covering him since he's been in the organization, but definitely since he's been in the majors. And uh, those guys will tell you that he yeah he, that n- nothing but good things about Bias coming out of the Cubs clubhouse. And so yeah. that's something that that's something that he'll bring with him. That's wherever something that's important. I mean, these yeah, guys sure. like Willie Adamas moving from the Rays to the Brewers. First, they get JP Fires and screw that whole thing up for me, <laughs> but. You know, something that, that the, the Rays were talking about, um, about losing Adamus in the clubhouse, losing Adamus on the field, that his leadership was just so valuable. Having guys like that is, you know, guys who bring a lot of energy to the game, that brings a lot to a team, you know? I mean, Ruffnett Odor is trying to do that for the Yankees. He's just, you know, he's not very good at baseball, um, <laughs> at hitting, hitting a baseball, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, good at punching people, really good, really good at punching people. Um, but yes. that that little spark plug on a team is really valuable. I don't know if, as a Cubs fan, wouldn't you want them to sort of just reinvest in these three guys? 
wait for Brennan Dave. Brennan Davis is coming up. He's 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 a top ten prospect, uh, top six prospect on James Anderson Ding's list, which I'm I'm a, obviously a big fan of James and and how he sees things. I mean, you guys have some players coming. Does it not make sense for the Cubs to sort of just stick with these guys who brought you your first World Series like ever since 1908? Yeah, I would I would love to see it happen, but uh, just reading the tea leaves and everything that's been going on, really going back to like the second half of 2019 and the way the Cubs have treated player acquisition and um, the fact that these extensions were all looming and they knew about it and none of them have gotten done, I just don't think it's realistic. I don't think it's going to happen. That's too bad. Uh, it's too bad. It, it, it I, I think it's too bad. You, you know what else is too bad is all the injuries we've had in Major League Baseball this yeah. season. I mean, it's just it feels like a it feels like a season that has been unlike any other in terms of uh, the injuries and injuries to big name players. Not that we want to say that an injury to a big name player is more important than an injury to a not big name player, right? These are all humans. We care about all of them. We don't want anyone to be hurt and not be able to pursue their chosen craft. Uh, But in the fantasy world, we have so many guys who are down and have been down for a while. And uh, you put in the sheet that there's, there's a demoralizing effect about this, isn't there? There, there really is. I mean, I talked to a very good friend of mine who's a real legend in fantasy baseball yesterday, and he was talking to me about, I'm not going to say who it was because I didn't ask his permission, but he was saying that he's thinking about retiring because it's just, it's just too painful to deal with all the injuries. And I, I can relate to that in one of my leagues in Tout Wars. I've lost. I'm looking at this list and I'm going, yep, lost him. Yep, lost him. Yep, lost him. And you know, it, it, it really, it really can demoralize you, except here's what I would recommend. And what I recommended to my friend, it's part of the game. You know, it's, it's just part of, it's sort of the way life goes sometimes too. It's one of the advantages of playing in more than one league. If you're only playing in one league and you have a team that's been decimated by injuries, I think it, it would just be, I think that would be terribly demoralizing. But for me, when I see that, I just go, you know what? Cool. I'm not going to win this year, but I'm going to finish as high as I possibly can. I'm going to work harder on that team than any other team that's in great shape because I don't have to worry about those teams that are in great shape. I want to get that team back to, you know, the top five. That's all, you know, and just change what your focus is. And then all of a sudden, if you do that, you make some moves. All of a sudden, you find you're in August. You're like, oh, I'm top five. Hey, all right, now I can go for the next, you know, I'll go for top three. Hey, I'm top three. Hey, (laughs) I can go win this league now. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's just, it's hard. And I I just want to acknowledge that for people that it, it, it is tough right now. It's, it's really tough. Keep working. The, uh, there's a guy, uh, Micah, who Fantasy Central won on Twitter. I don't know if you do you know him. He's really good. He does I don't. these. You should check him out. Everyone should check him out. He does these nightly roundups as well. He said the best way to win your league is draft. I think it was draft well, but mm-hmm. the waiver wire, the waiver wire, the waiver wire, and that's really true. Whether it's in dynasty leagues or it's in you know. Uh, keeper leagues or if it's just in redraft leagues the waiver wire is the game and every sunday you get a chance to remake your team and you just got to take it you just got to go all right well next man up like the dodgers like like we're doing today you know like (laughs) next man up find the next guy on the wire who who's ready to break out and we've mentioned a couple of those guys right now i mean if you've lost trevor story and freddie galvis is sitting there on the wire is he going to give you trevor story numbers no but is he going to give you two thirds or three quarters? Yeah, he could. So, you know, just make the best of it. Make the best of it. Give you more opportunities to trade, which still to me is my favorite thing to do in the game. 
Um, yeah, you, the, you, I'm right there with you on all the uh, on all the um, next man up stuff, and that's that's what led me to G Man Joy. That's why we're talking about these guys because of all the injuries mm-hmm. I said. And you know, a non comprehensive list of injuries includes Mike Trout, Fran Reyes, uh, Zach Gallen, Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez. Yeah, but uh, like Corey like Kluber, you just said, Nick Fran Senzel, Reyes, Trevor Story. Yeah, it's Fran Mel Reyes provides the opportunity for Bradley Zimmer. It's now true. Bradley Zimmer's up. Yesterday goes two for three with two stolen bases. So it's like, find that next guy. Figure out, okay, this guy's out. That What's going to open up there? Oh, Patrick Wisdom might open up because Rizzo's out, which means that Brian's moving from third, which means it's opening up a spot for him. Hey, I'm going to take a chance on Wisdom. Or Billy Hamilton. <laughs> should we talk about Billy Hamilton or should we After save the that ad for break. A- Want to save that for? Want to save that for a little later? Yeah. Um, actually, you know what? Let's let's get into this. This was something that um, that was you know sort of in like the corner of my eye over the weekend. It was the uh, the stuff between Shohei Otani and Mark Hanna. Yeah. and uh, yeah, I, I saw it like uh, so. I just uh, I just had a uh, I had a daughter six weeks ago, uh, so really like taking the time over the weekends. I'm back at work now taking the time over the weekends to, you know, take a step away, be back in family time, which is great. But I obviously have a job to do as well. So I'm, uh, I'm keeping up, um, you know, with everything as I can. As I, said, I saw it out of the corner of my eye. Didn't really dig into it too deeply until you said it was something that you wanted to talk about with uh, with Otani almost hitting Canna and then hitting Canna and how it was all handled. So uh, yeah. I, for people who didn't see it, maybe set it up and, uh, and what caught your eye about this? Sure. So Otani's pitching against the A's and uh, – his first one of his first pitches to Kanha, I think it was in the first inning, he goes up and in to Kanha and it gets kind of close to his head. And Kanha like yells at him, goes, Come on, show, let's go, because it's scary. I don't know mm-hmm. if you played a lot of baseball. I played a lot of baseball. When the ball's coming at your head, like, you know, it scares you. It's a scary look at what happened to Kevin Pilar. So I've been hitting that. Kanha goes I did out play a lot of baseball and I've been hitting that, and it is scary. Yeah. It's scary. So I've got a game tonight, a literally uh, game tonight with kids. Yeah. So anyway, so Kanha like is angry. Suzuki comes out in between them and starts kind of slightly jawing back at Kanha. Otani lifts his hand to Kanha, puts his hand to his chest and says, my bad, I'm sorry about that. And that was it. And Kanha, now the, 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 the dugouts kind of came out for half a second, but it was all about how Otani was reacting to it, right? You see pitchers who throw a ball up at a guy's head, whether they mean to or they don't. And they sort of like, yeah, what are you going to do about it, right? Well, mm-hmm. that's not good because what they're going to do about it is they're going to want to fight you and they're going to want to start a fight. And Otani, part of the reason that I freaking love Shohei Otani so very much is because he plays a game in an elevated way. And he looks at the man and he says, that's my bad. I'm sorry. That one got away from me. Right? So then everything relaxes. Next time Kanha's up, I'm thinking to myself, I'm watching him pitch, thinking, don't hit him. Like, he's, <laughs> he's going to hit him because it's in his head now. Like, he's going to try not to hit him. Yeah. And in the process, he's going to hit him. First pitch hits him right in, like, the ribs, like, hard. But it wasn't his head. And Otani just goes down to the ground like, oh, my God, that's, like, the last thing that I wanted to do. And Kanha just laughs. Yeah. Right? If the pitcher the first time had thrown it by, whizzed by his head and been like, yo, what's up? And then hit him, that would have been one of the biggest brawls that we would have seen in 2021. But it was the the character and the elegance of Otani that diffused the situation. I'd like to see more pitchers do that. Do you have any thoughts about that? 
I totally agree with you. Um, and, and, you know, think about the downstream effects of that. Right now, what we'd be talking about, we'd be talking about Shohei Otani, one of the brightest stars in the game, the tr- like a truly unique star. There is one Shohei Otani. He'd be suspended right now for a while. Marcana, he'd probably be suspended right now for a while. Some other players, I'm sure if there was a benches clearing brawl, would have gotten swept up in it. We would be talking about, you know, a s- absolute superstar who baseball needs in Shohei Otani, a really good player in Mark Canna, Great and player. then probably a couple of other players, some of whom are on a first place team, all being down for three games or five games or seven games or whatever it is. And it's just bad. It's bad for baseball. That's bad to have guys like that missing games because of things that are totally avoidable. We just talked about all those injuries, right? Yep. It sucks, but that's unavoidable. Guys are going to get hurt in the season. Stars are going to get hurt in the season. It sucks that Bryce Harper and Mike Trout and George Springer are on the IL right now, but it's going to happen. Stuff like this is avoidable, and we should be avoiding it. And what's crazy to me also is that, like, not only are there times when guys don't mean to hit a guy at all, but feel like this like false bravado that they've got to chirp back when someone trips at them. Yep. But, like, you also have the times where guys, like, just totally avoid eye contact. Right, the batter is yeah. understandably upset because they, he almost got hit in the head, and that's a scary proposition. The pitcher didn't mean it. Just why can't we just do what Otani did? You don't have to like, yeah. You got these pitchers. I feel like who are like, like, yeah, I didn't mean to do it, but like, I'm not going to apologize. That's my part of the plate too. Like, just throw your hand up, and we can yeah. all move on and be Absolutely. civil about it. it. It's it's like when you're driving in a car and you cut somebody off by accident. There's two different ways to handle it. You could look at them and go, yeah, screw you. I cut you off. What are you going to do about it? Or you can look up. All you have to do is raise your hand and say, sorry about that. And the other person goes, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, sure. I've done that too. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, so it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's sort of a, it, it's a baseball thing, but it's a life thing. It's like, you know, don't be a, I'm not going to use the word because then you have to edit it. And it's a problem. Baseball thing, but a life. I see. I love that. I love the way we, we find these lessons yep. in this silly little game and they can translate. Over that's it. To, that's the over to that's the show. That's what we do. That's a, that's our show. You know, I mean, I was teasing your third or fourth favorite. Like, you know, we on under the radar with in with thrillingly with Beller today, but with DVR and with Nando, we try to look under the radar, not just for the best players, but look under the radar of what is being seen. Right? Like, see the game within the game. That's what it's about. That's it. That's the show. And now we're gonna talk about something super exciting. Tell him. Tell him. Tell him. Go on, Mike. Tell him. College World Series. Yeah. Tell him about the World Series coming up. College World Series coming up here. I mean, this is this is where you find the next under the radar guys, especially in in dynasty leagues and deep leagues and long term leagues. You already talked about it, right? Henry Davis. You just made a trade that involved him. He is a starting catcher for Louisville. They are uh, one of the favorites in this. Uh, Vanderbilt, of course, with Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter. That's something that you know a lot of people, uh, baseball fans who aren't even in uh, deep fantasy baseball leagues, know about because of what Rocker and Leiter have been doing there and doing there for a couple of years. Vanderbilt among the favorites in the College World Series. So, I mean, this is fun because this is, not only is it just another way to consume baseball and a different way to consume the sport, but from our perspective in the fantasy world, this is where we're going to see the next guys, the next guys who we're talking about a couple of years from now as our favorite prospects. We can watch them right now on TV in these big games, and we're seeing three of them right there. Those three guys, Davis, Rocker, and Leiter, are among the players who are expected to be you know, the top five, six, seven picks, however things might shake out in the draft in June. I want to say this about, and I'm, I've never said this. I, 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 I'm not sure if I've ever thought it, but I've never said it. I actually think that the names of those two pitchers <laughs> make them even, like, more attractive. It's Jack Leiter, son of Al Leiter, right? And he's been great. Yeah. He had some struggles. He They had to shut him down. He missed a start. His velocity was in up and down. But Kumar Rocker... It's just the name, man. His name is Kumar Rocker. 
That's like yeah. that's the best. That will be the best name in baseball once he comes. <laughs> his his velocity has been down. He hasn't been nearly as dominant this year. He was very much being looked at as the number one pick by the Pittsburgh Pirates in the draft. One of the sad things in baseball is that we don't have the same largely level of excitement for the draft that mm-hmm. we do in basketball or in football, right? Because we don't know the players until they come out. Now, for me, years ago, I wouldn't really start digging into college and high school players until I'd say about a month before the first year player draft. And I'd be like, all right, I got to really figure out who these guys are. I joined a league, the Devil's Rejects, where I made that trade. And I, it, it's a complete open universe. It changes the game. It makes it so much fun. I would really encourage it. I would encourage you, if you find yourself in it with an opportunity to join a dynasty league that is open universe, because all of a sudden, all these players, like there's a guy named Marcelo Mayer, shortstop, high school shortstop in California. They, they're, they're comping him to Corey Seager, right? They're, they're saying he's a young Corey Seager. He's going to stick at the position. He's, he might be the number one pick in the draft for the Pirates, right? It's either going to be him or Jordan Lawler or maybe Henry Davis. Depends on how they go. It doesn't look like it's going to be rocker or lighter. Okay, Marcelo Mayer in that league, I traded Marcelo Mayer and a Willie Castro small piece to Matt Eddy for Kevin Gossman and Adolis about <laughs> three weeks ago, right? When just when Adolis was starting to make it look like it was for real, for real, for real. That trade looks really good right now. In two years, that trade might look awful because Marcelo not Mayer. Not if you win a championship this year because that Elise hits 40 bounds. Yeah. yeah, that's true. But <laughs> Marcelo Mayer is going to be a special, special player. So the five guys I just wanted to put in your head, half of you are going, yeah, Ian, I know these guys. And the other half are going, well, all right. All right. These are the guys that you're going to be picking in the top five, seven of your first year player draft coming up this season. Henry Davis, and I Patrick for Louisville. Give, it, gives you a, it gives you another uh, – we've got, like, you know, it's summer. We're getting past COVID. There's so much great things happening with sports, the MLB, you know, in full swing, fans in the stands, NBA playoffs going on right now. We've got the the uh, Euro Cup. Uh, I don't know if you're into soccer at all, but the Euro Cup, which is supposed to be in 2020, that's starting in a couple of weeks. Here's just another thing. Watch the College World Series. Get some Henry Davis in your life. Get some Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter in your life. Take this in. It's about to start. Get 64 teams involved before they move on to the eight in Omaha. I mean, this is just another great sporting event on the calendar that is back in a way that it just wasn't a year ago. It's true. And the five guys that I am saying right now are guys that are going to be top five, at least for me, in the the draft this coming year. Marcelo Mayer, Jordan Lawler, Henry Davis, Kumar Rocker, Jack Leiter. Not necessarily in that order. As we get closer, we'll, we'll know more. But Henry Davis is by far the best bat in college. Like I said, Torkelson light. Uh, and maybe, who knows? I mean, well, Torkelson came back, had two home runs the other day, which was good. Lawler, I, I don't like Lawler quite as much for fantasy as some people do. I like Mayer, and I like Leiter, and I like Rocker. But if, if I were going to do an order, I would say Mayer for, for fantasy. I would say Davis one, Mayer two. Lighter three, Lawler four, Rocker five. That would be my order as of today. It's going to change by the time we we do our first year player draft. But just put those names in your head and and get to know them because they're they're super fun. And really look at the the MLB draft. It's coming up, I think, in probably about thirty days. Man, I don't know how long. Yeah, it's like it's always like June twenty something. Yeah, I don't I know if it's, it's been pushed back again this year, this year because of yeah, COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pushed back but a little bit. Yeah, but 
watch because these are the guys we're going to be drafting. These are the guys you're going to be trading for. So it's just it's just super fun. Anyway, I just wanted to I wanted to talk about that. So so thanks, Billy. Hey, thank you for uh, for bringing up something that, frankly, I don't get to uh, talk about really ever. That's what under the radar is. That's what we do. That's we dive we under do. the radar. It's what we do. It's what we do. And we talk about the fact. By the way, let me ask you this: Have you ever seen the movie Midnight Run? You know what? I oh, haven't. No. Oh, I know. God, what I know. is going on? I know, I know. It's and like, on it's, HBO it's, Max right now. I know. And my was... my dad has been telling me to watch that movie for what? Like, I'm 36 years old, probably like 20 years. Dude, this is like, <laughs> oh, I was so excited. I, I got, I was so excited to have somebody on to go. Oh my God, it's like the great. It's a top 10 movie of all time. It's so, it's so much fun. Please watch it. Please watch it. Watch it before you come back on the show. Okay. okay. Please, please, please. It's just, it's just too much fun. Okay. What's I can next? Do that. What's next? I can do what that. Do we got? Will you tell me what's next? I mean, you know, we're, we're we probably do we, all the stuff we have in the sheet. We can't get to we can't get to all of it. We just don't we don't have enough time to get. To, all right. I'll move through it here. So I'll move. What do you what do you what do you want quick. what do you want to talk about next? Take a look at the sheet. What do you want to get into? All right. There's two two things in a, two things in a row, and then I'll ask you about your trade. All right. Cool. So I, I noticed something about Liam Hendricks <laughs> this weekend. First of all, Saturday he comes in and saves two games. That was insane. Yeah. Rarely do you see that. And and dominates like two innings, five strikeouts, one, two, three, one, two, three. Then Sunday comes in, closes out again. It's like, damn. I was watching him, and he was up there on the mound, smiling. Smiling. He was like, This this is over. This game is over. And for me, I talk about closer mentality all the time. That's what I want to see. They can manifest in many different ways. I mean, it could be the Mariano kind of like you know, <laughs> dead man stare like it's over. Mm-hmm. But just that energy. I just I talk about energy all the time. Like these guys, the Willie Adamases, the Liam Hendricks, it makes teams better. So that's just one thing I wanted to point out. The other thing is, over the weekend, I kind of had some time off. It was great. I watched some <laughs> ejection videos. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever? Do you ever watch ejection videos? Like just any ejection videos? I, I can't say I go on YouTube and search for ejection videos, but I always, if an ejection happens, like one with Davey Martinez a couple of weeks ago when right. he lost his mind, always make sure to catch it if I hear there's some ejection chatter going on Twitter or something like that. So, okay, I would recommend to everybody, if you have some free time, you get 10 minutes of the office and nobody's, you know, and you can do whatever you want, just put in MLB ejections and just watch because it's like highest drama. It's like it's it's good drama as you're going to find on a baseball field. Super fun. Um, now you made a trade. Is this? Uh, we do need to explain details. I'm guessing this is a redraft league. You traded Gavin Lux for Ozzy Albies. It's it's uh it's 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 not just a pure redraft league. Uh, we do have uh, a, a keeper system intact. Where if you have a guy from all all the way through the max amount of time you can have him, you will end up having him for seven years. Once the guy's signed to a long-term contract, however, that's it. He can't be extended anymore. Even if someone trades for him, that person can't trade for him and then sign him to an extension. Okay. So I've got uh, – I had Gavin Lux. This would have been – this was my first year with him. Salary was, you know, reasonable. Not Nothing like a steal, nothing, you know, like an overpay. Uh, Ozzy Albies is on an expiring deal. The person who has him is already out of it. So I made this trade for him thinking that – you know, Ozzy Albies, his expected stats are his. All of his X numbers are down uh, from you know where they were, uh, where the the X numbers just are, are better than what his actual numbers are. Gavin Lux feels like a guy who's maybe still a year away. Then he goes out and hits two homers like two days after I make the trade. Um, but I'm like, what? Where are you at? Where are you at on those guys? What are you thinking about Gavin Lux and Ozzy Albies for the remainder of 2021? 
I mean, I think you, the, the question I have for you is how many years of Lux did you give up for Albies? Um, for the one year of Albies? Potentially, potentially as, as many as uh, five. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's tough. I, whenever I trade a player, like I made a trade in that Maki League where I traded uh, to Chris from the baseball pods. I traded Louis Robert right after he got hurt, who I could have kept for four years, five years. And I ended up getting Mookie Betts on an expiring and Trey Turner on an expiring. Mm-hmm. Right? So I, I thought about it. I was like, all right, four or five years of Louis Robert for two years of those two guys. And I'm in, in competition mode right now. That's that balances. So that's how that's how I would look at it. You know, it, it it skews because Lux went deep twice yesterday, as you say. I mean, are you are you close to winning going for it this year? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm definitely in a uh, go for it mode this year, and it's not like it like it sounds. It sounds way worse than it is. This is like the the specifics of this league are way too much for us to get into here. But it's not as pure as like. Okay. Uh, the leagues you're talking about where you're trading for like for where you're trading away Henry Davis and thinking about you know Marcelo Mayer it's not it's not that long term and it's not that like clean cut of how a guy stays on your team long term. Got it. Okay. All right. I mean, look, Ozzy Albies should be better than Gavin Lux should this be. year. Yes. He should be better. I mean, you, you you would expect. I actually think the fact that Lux is back at shortstop is helping him quite a bit. You think? Yeah, I definitely do. I think being out of position is hard. No matter what is going on, if you're because then you're you're not comfortable for the nine innings you're in the field. Mm-hmm. You gotta you gotta think twice. Whereas Lux at shortstop, this is where he's played his entire career pretty much. I mean, he had time at second base in the minor leagues. They certainly prepped him for it, but he's more comfortable at shortstop. And I just think that long term, I don't think they're going to re-sign Seager. Um, yeah. And I think I think Lux is going to be stuck there. By the way, Albert Pujols. Can I just say Albert Pujols? And can I just say one more time? Albert Pujols, because Albert Pujols is is doing Albert Pujols things, like on a smaller scale, Albert Pujols things. But if you held on to him in AL labor, in AL only leagues, as I did in AL labor, he's very, very friendly right now. Even though he went to the National League, you can keep the stats in in labor. You can keep the stats. I I do want to say one thing about the point you make about Gavin Lux, because I think it's a good one. There's something about just like feeling like yourself, right? And I think think that that is pronounced when we're talking about – the shortstop position because oh, let's be honest all of these dudes in the majors were shortstops through high school every single yes. one of them played shortstop right. all the way through their entire life they're the best player on every single field they've ever stepped on they get into college some of them have to move but a lot of them still play shortstop and so I think there's something to be said for a guy who's still as young as Gavin Lux getting back to a position where he feels like himself and you know shortstop's just cool shortstop's the best player on the field so there's maybe like a swag factor going mm-hmm. on here for yep. Gavin Lux as well, getting back to the position that says, I'm on the Los Angeles Dodgers and I'm the best player out here. Yes, I think that's a great point. And, and the next person on the list is a guy who actually relates back to somebody we talked about earlier in the show. You wrote, Tristan McKenzie looked great on Monday. Big strategy question. When do you buy back in? I, 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 I mean, like, uh, when do you buy back in on a player who yeah. you, not just, this is not Tristan McKenzie specific, but a player who you, we, a lot of people liked in March, you know, player X, who most people liked in March, who then struggles a little bit in the first five, six weeks of the season. When do you feel, when do you say when, like, yes, he's back? Right. Well, McKenzie, to me, 
is, and I'm, I'm trying to pull up his, I'm getting a bad gateway. I'm getting that a lot on CBS these days. Uh, bad Tristan, gateway. Bad gateway, man. No fun. Sound, that sounds like a movie. That sounds like it should, could be the title <laughs> of a movie right there. It really could. <laughs> um, so if you look back to 2020, when Tristan McKenzie's first three starts, he was the Alec Manoa of 2020, right? Remember? Mm-hmm. It was yeah. the, oh, the McKenzie McKenzie Palooza, which is why I said what I said about Manoa. If you go and buy McKenzie when he first comes up and has this boom, 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 you're going to pay for it later because he's going to have injury issues. He's going to have growing pains, all these things. Now's a good time to buy back on Tristan McKenzie, especially because he gave up. He looked good doing it, but he gave up four runs in that start. It's a good time to buy Tristan McKenzie in Dynasty. The one thing I'm going to say about Alec Manoa, and this is crazy to say. There's a little bit of Jose Fernandez in this guy. Not the stuff, not the stuff, but the mindset and the way he pitches with the passion that he pitches. Also, did you happen to see his mom oh at Yankee God. Stadium? What a moment. It was so great. Like moment just, after moment after moment, yeah, too. Yeah, it was just, and, and it, <laughs> there's just, so I'm telling you, don't go buy Alec Manoa because the price is going to go down. But if you have Alec Manoa, don't trade him. Yeah. Don't trade him because he could be, he could be uniquely special. He really, he really could. could be. Yeah, he's he really, really could be. And he's sticking in that rotation. Yeah, he's sticking in that rotation. He's taken my but, Nate Pearson and made it made it useless, yes. the Nate Pearson. <laughs> but there'll be an injury of some kind. I mean, there's there's always, as we say, I mean, there are always injuries. Yeah, I um, mean, we're not, I don't think we're fully, uh, you know, it's two good outings in a row, but, uh, you know, Ross Stripling, um, the, the rug could come out from that at any he moment, could, I would say. But I, I, still, I still kind of believe in Ross Stripling. I talk about oh, I love Ross Stripling. I wish, I mean, I think Ross Stripling's entire career would have been different if he was with any other team than the Dodgers and got to be a starter right away. Yeah, I, I and now he is. And that curveball looks curvy again. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Another guy I'm not saying, I'm just saying, is Billy Hamilton. Billy Hamilton. Listen, man. Look at this. All that pop, you know what's you know I was thinking about you yesterday uh, because in that in one of those games, right? The White Sox played a doubleheader yesterday, didn't they? Mm-hmm. In one of those games, uh, the they, the other team brought in a reliever to flip him around. They don't want they don't want that Billy uh, Hamilton right side pop. They flipped him no, around. They're right. They shouldn't because <laughs> yeah. if Billy Hamilton just hit right handed, he hit guys, 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 guys. Billy Hamilton, guys. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. I have picked him up and dropped him in every league and picked him up again and have him and am using him. Because you know why? Because if he does find his way. Yesterday, he went two for three in the second game. Didn't steal a base, but he went two for three. He hit a home run on Saturday. He hit a home run on Sunday. He's older. We've talked about the freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. He's not a freshman anymore. He's not the little guy with the little stick barely hitting the ball. He is hitting the ball. He plays ridiculous defense in center field. Covers for Andrew Vaughn in left field, who's out with allergies. Everyone's got allergies. I don't know why it's so bad. Just take some, I don't know, some over-the-counter medicine. You should be fine. But Billy Hamilton, if he plays every day, can win you your league. And I'm not saying put him... I'm just saying, if you've got a spot on your bench, hold Billy. It could happen. I mean, if we think back to my earliest days of Dynasty Baseball, when Billy Hamilton was a prospect coming up, he was the Vidal Brujan of his time. Now, Brujan has more power now than Billy had then. But we saw Billy Hamilton as like a Vince Coleman style, like could steal you 75 bases. If he plays every day, he can steal 40 bases the rest of the way 
pretty easily, I think. So what's the argument that the White Sox make for like Adam Eaton regularly in there, especially against lefties? Like, doesn't shouldn't Adam Eaton automatically go to the bench against? But lefties? he's not. He's not playing against lefties. He's not, he. They're they're sitting him. They're definitely sitting him. Um, and Adam Eaton took there was a there was a ball Carlos Rodon yesterday. I'm hoping for the win. It was a line drive to right field that Adam Eaton just butchered, just butchered it, and like could have made maybe if he didn't take a step in, he would have made the catch. Maybe Rodon gets the win. That would have been really happy. I would have made me very happy. Anyway, just it's your Billy Hamilton update. Yes, he hit two home runs over the weekend. Yes, he could steal bases. Yes, Tony Larusa might play him every day, and if he does, pick him up, please, please pick him up. There- just put him on your bench. There's the last point. I'll drive that home. If there's any manager, any manager in Major League Baseball who's going to prize what Billy Hamilton does, it's Tony La Russa. So he's yep. got the right manager uh, for his uh, playing time volume potentially increasing. Um, I know how this show works. No Nando here. Someone's got to. Someone's got to do an Adolis thing, right? Well, it's yeah, Adolis. I just Adolis. He's so good. <laughs> he's just so much fun to watch because he's just gonna hit a home run or. Or hit a single and then steal second base. I mean, he, I'm telling you, he's the nice Yasiel Puig. In my ejections <laughs> videos, there was a lot of Yasiel Puig being ejected and starting fights with like whole teams. It wasn't just when he was on the Reds and he fought the Pirates. He did that on the Dodgers on a pretty regular basis. He would just start a fight. You know, um, Adolis is is similar in his excitement in watching him play. I never liked Puig. I've never liked Puig, but but I love Adolis. I just love watching him. He's a top ten player in fantasy. It's absurd how good he's been. So if you've got him, I, I got offered the the Cushing. Whoosh, Cushing offered me pretty much Rodon straight up for Adolis. I was like, can't do it. I just can't. Yeah. Can't trade Adolis. Not only because of his value on the team, but also because he's just so much fun to watch. And you know what? Fantasy baseball should be something. You know what it should be? It should be freaking fun. That's what it yes. should be. Yes. One more the thing. Number before- one thing it should be. Before we wrap, I do want to say my dynasty rankings have dropped on the athletic site. Check so those out. Please do check them out. And if you have any questions, I do go and I answer every question there. Sometimes on Twitter, I don't answer every question, but on the athletic, because it, timing and someone else gets to it first. But on the dynasty rankings, if you have questions about your team, if you have questions about the ranks, and I've had some good questions, really. Some people going like, why isn't that guy on there? And I'm like, that guy should be on there, you know? Um, it's it's great, and I love seeing it, and I love the engagement. So so please come on down. If you're not an athletic subscriber, now's a great time. There's another sale going on right now. Please join in, join through the Dynasty Ranks site. That'll make Nando Defino very happy. Um, <laughs> but that's it. So I think we I think we're gonna wrap because we just did an hour and two minutes, or, or felt like about an hour and two minutes. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to uh, to do an outro. Ready oh, for the man who steps in with great aplomb. On Under the Radar, Michael Bellar. Yeah. Thank you. It was great being here with you, Ian. I'm Ian Kahn. Speaking for Derek Van Riper and Nando Dufino, we'll see you next week. Bye. Good talk.